Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Yeah, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not cry. So if you hear Springsteen on this podcast, you know that Jamie Say from WKMG News 6 is going to be on the show. Thank you very much, Jeff. I appreciate the Bruce Springsteen. You know, you always surprise me with something. Yes, and of course, in the spirit of the holidays, of course, we uh, play his great Christmas carol. Always the season for the boss. Yes. And of course, you know, this you being on around the holidays, this is almost as big a tradition as Darlene Love going on David Letterman and Jay Thomas coming out to tell the Lone Ranger story. <laughs> you know, that's so funny that you mention it because I have those saved on my phone. They're like bookmarked on my phone because the Lone Ranger story never fails to crack me up. And then Darlene Loves Christmas is like my favorite Christmas song besides the traditional carols. Like I love the Springsteen, you know, the Springsteen Christmas songs, but Darlene Loves Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home is just the best. It's yes. the best. It, yes. it, it certainly is. <laughs> and, of course, Jay Thomas used to throw the football to knock the meatball off the top of the tree. <laughs> yes. The year he came out and showed up, Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> I remember that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So there's several versions on YouTube of, of the Lone Ranger story. And, yep, there's that one. And, yeah, with, with Vinny. And, yeah, it's so funny. So yes. funny. Absolutely. Well, as always, we appreciate you being here. And I know you're in a particularly good mood this week because your Buffalo Bills destroyed my Dallas Cowboys. Yes, they did. And rather quickly, too, I might add. They did. It, it, it was quick. It was like 14 nothing, just like that. I mean, yeah, it just, um, yeah, all of a sudden they've discovered a running game. You know, James Cook has been excellent the last, you know, he's been excellent this season, I think he's taken a big leap from his rookie year. But the last few weeks with Joe Brady as the interim offensive coordinator, and I'd be shocked if he wasn't offered the, the full-time job next year, the permanent job. Mm-hmm. Um, if he decides to stay, you know, he might get other offers. Who knows what's going to happen with staff. But, but yeah, you know, they, they, they somewhat – I don't want to say simplified things, but they made things a lot easier for Josh Allen. He didn't have to beat the Cowboys with his arm. Didn't have to win the game, you know, because James Cook was was excellent, and uh, the defense shut down the Cowboys. I, you know, I didn't really know what to expect, but I was happy, obviously, that the game was in Buffalo, um, and I really feel like, you know, the Bills have put themselves in the situation mm-hmm. with some bad losses this year, but, you know, they've played well in every single game, except they beat themselves with turnovers and, you know, some penalties, big penalties, important penalties, but uh, they've put it together, put it together against the Cowboys, beat the Chiefs, which was huge, almost beat the Eagles, you know, so they've, and and throttled the Dolphins. So like when you look at them against the best teams in the NFL, Mm -hmm. they've done really well. It's against the Patriots and the Broncos and week one to the Jets where, you know, they put themselves in this situation. But yes, I am happy. I am happy. Like, you know, since the playoffs are in jeopardy, I'm trying to just enjoy enjoy the games as much as I can and enjoy, you know, individual wins when they get them. So we'll see what happens. But they've they've got to win their last three to, to have a shot. Yeah, well, and that's the kind of game that can kind of propel a team, too. So you never exactly. know. Yeah. No, and and now they go to the Chargers, and obviously um, 
you know, the Chargers just fired head coach and GM and everything. It's never easy going across the country, but I think the Raiders just scored on them again, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, okay, they've got them. Um, What then? I I think they've got the Patriots again and then, and then they're at the Dolphins and, and it could come down to that. We'll see. We'll see, but hopefully they stay injury-free. So we'll see. We'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, I, I would say network television is very much hoping for a Bills-Dolphins with a lot on the stake. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. I, hopefully the Bills do their part, you know, yeah. when they don't, and they don't set for a letdown. But, um, you know, hopefully they're going to get a little healthier too. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like every week somebody on defense is going down with injury, you know, but they're going to get some guys back. You know, Epinesa, he was injured uh, last week. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So Yes. Well, <laughs> good time of season be, uh, to be optimistic, at least, anyway. So, yeah. um, of course, you are now fresh off calling the Cure Bowl. Of course, you do uh, play-by-play for the Bowl Season Radio Network uh, on a regular basis. And, of course, this year, so you with uh, Reedy Angolia. And yes. Despina Barton. So it's like three of my favorite broadcasters. <laughs> Each of you have been on the show. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, we just had, well, we had a lot of fun. I think Reedy and I had more fun to Des- than Despina because we were in the press box, you know, out of the rainstorm. Despina was down on the sidelines in that driving, in, in the monsoon. So I think I, you know, but she's got such a great spirit and attitude about her that, you know, she was sounded happy throughout the broadcast, even though it was just coming down, but we, we had a great time and, and I felt like the elements made the game that much more special and that much more memorable. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh yeah, that was the one in Orlando. The cure ball was the one in Orlando with the monsoon, you know, the one, uh, where the teams fumbled a dozen times and, you know, and, and I think it, it, it made for a more interesting game because had the conditions been optimal, it was dry. Uh, Appalachian state may have, may have run away with it because uh, Miami, Ohio was coming in with some adversity. You know, they, they lost their starting quarterback, Brett Gabbard about midway through the season to a really, a really tough leg injury. His backup, Avion Smith, came in, finished off the year. They won five straight. But Smith, um, he's been the backup there for a couple of years, wants his opportunity. He entered the transfer portal. Um, the head coach of Miami, Chuck Martin, knew that Smith was going to go into the portal well before Gabbard's injury. So it was just like Smith was doing what was best for him. So they went with, with two quarterbacks who – had very, very little collegiate playing experience. Um, Their number three guy on the roster, Henry Hessen, hadn't played in a year, and he played, you know, sparingly. You know, he had thrown five passes in all of college football. And then the number four guy on the roster transferred from Colorado, um, and he hadn't played in a year since he was at Colorado. He got one start with the Buffaloes, and that was it. Um, And he had a very interesting story because his – he wanted to be eligible this year. He wasn't until the bowl game. The NCAA denied his his waiver, so he wasn't eligible until the bowl game. So that's a rough place for quarterbacks to go into. So, so the conditions made it made it more competitive, yeah. um, because, you know, because turnovers changed games, and and that it certainly did. But but I, I do feel the more complete team on that day won the game. App State. So, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, you you can literally say Miami really did come in the game with both hands tied behind their back in that situation. They did, but they've got a terrific running back in Rashad Amos. I I mean, he carried the ball. I mean, most of the plays went to him, probably 80%, 75% of the the time, and he had well over 100 yards, and uh, they were driving. Um, and then a backup running back fumbled the football, and that was it. But, you know, the good news is is that more money and awareness was raised, you know, in the fight against cancer in the Cure Bowl, and that's the main mission. And, you know, this was its ninth game, ninth year, and over $4 million has been raised in the fight against cancer by that bowl, which is amazing. And I know, Jeff, you're, you're UCF all the way. Over $1 million of that money raised has gone to – cancer research at UCF, the College of Medicine. And uh, the executive director of the Cure Bowl, Alan Gooch, told me that as of, you know, from 2015 to now, the Cure Bowl is the biggest private donor to the to cancer research at UCF's College of Medicine. So that's, that's huge. That so is, it's awesome. That is absolutely, totally awesome. And of course, uh, you know, App State, you know, they had, they had a terrific season. They beat James Madison when they were undefeated and college yeah. game day on the scene. Uh, yeah. a you huge know, win. App State has a tendency to do that, has a tendency to disrupt things, don't they? I mean, yeah. even before they got to FBS and it is a program, um, you know, they, they went to FBS in 2014 and they're like seven and one in bowl games since they got to FBS. They've missed a bowl one year since they've been in FBS. Um, and it was last year and they came back and, and they won. And, uh, you know, they had to dig deep, too, because they started the season out three and four and were kind of at a crossroads. And uh, then they rattled off five straight, lost in the Sun Belt Championship game to Troy. But, um, you know, I mean, they really had to dig deep. And, and I know the Cure Bowl has wanted App State in this game for a long time. Um, and they, they came and, and the Mountaineers won the game and became Cure Bowl champions. So, you know, I mean, but both sides, like the, the great thing about this Cure Bowl, there's a lot of great things about it, but, but I think it's, it's when you get, it's when you get two smaller programs together who've never played each other before and you never, you just don't know what's going to happen. You, you're, you don't see them on national television every single week. Um, you know, they might, their games might be on ESPN plus or something like that. And you don't know how they're going to stack up against each other, but it's a lot of fun to see what they bring, what each conference is like, you know, Miami from the Mac app state from the Sunbelt. And it's fun to see because, you know, these the players that stick with the teams, they're not skipping the bowl game. Mm-hmm. You know, they're coming to play with their teammates to finish off the year. And they come and they have a great experience in Orlando. Unfortunately, our weather wasn't that great for them. I mean, it was dry up until Saturday. But it's like these players come from Boone, North Carolina, from Oxford, Ohio. And they're situated you know, at Universal, on Universal property, they go to the theme parks, they have a good time. It's a reward for what they've done throughout the season. But then they come in with the mentality that they want to win a trophy Um, and they fight really hard and they fight with pride. Like, you know, the conditions of that game, as Miami coach Chuck Martin said at halftime, they're horrific, yet neither team let up because a win was at stake. So I really, I really like that. And, um, you know, so there were some guys on each team that did go into the portal, so they weren't completely full strength. But, 
you know, the players that did come, you know, they came to win. So it, it was great. It, it, I, I love the Cure Bowl. It, it never it never disappoints. It honestly doesn't. It's yeah. always really competitive. I mean, you don't know who's going to win the game, you know, because it's never going to be decided on paper. It's yeah. always going to be decided on the field. Well, I personally love watching weather games in yeah. football. You know, it's, yeah. to me, that's it. You know, that's just like the core essence of the game, right? Yes. Yes. No, it was great. And, you know, I was I was bummed for the teams and the fans coming in. But just to see those elements and the guys splashing around, the referees slip sliding on the field, you know, the fact that the handoffs were an adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, you just didn't know, you know, like we, we've had high scoring back and forth shootouts in the Cure Bowl. This was just a, a sloppy, a sloppy affair in the rain that could have gone either way. But like, I won't forget about this one for sure. Yeah, of course, this now, you know, the third venue they've played the bowl game in. They played yeah. a Campy World, Orlando City Stadium. What do you what did you think about the impact of playing it on UCF's campus? I, I love games at UCF. Yeah. I do. You know, it, I wish, you know, had the weather been better, we would have got, we would have had a big crowd, a, mm-hmm. a, a much bigger crowd than, than what showed up because, you know, I don't think Central Florida really came out for it. Uh, you know, they saw the forecast and then it's raining all day. But I thought a decent contingent of Miami fans came and a decent contingent of App State fans came. Um, but, you know, I mean, UCF, that's what they do. They put on football games, everything I thought was well organized. Um, my vantage point where, where I am calling the game, it's great. You know, we're, we're, it, we're not so far up, um, you know, and, uh, you know, the angle was good. I was very close to the 50-yard line. Um, and, and so I, I like it. You know, I, I like it. The parking's easy. Everything is easy about UCF. I've enjoyed it at Camping World Stadium, too. Um, and, you know, it's a definitely a unique venue to have at Orlando City Stadium, um, Exploria Stadium. And I think the fans that come in like it. And I like it, too. I like the dimensions. Just just where our booth is, mm-hmm. where we call the game. It's it's not in the best location. We're not that close to the 50. We're actually closer to the, say, the 25 or the 30. So it's kind of it's hard to see you know, on the opposite end, that's the only thing. But I mean, all the venues have been great, but I, I do really like UCF plus the bounce house was the home of the Orlando Apollo. So that's, you know, I used to do the play by play of that team. So it was like coming home. Yeah. There you go. Something <laughs> yeah. very near and dear there. That's awesome. Yes. Speaking of UCF. So they've got the Gasparilla Bowl coming up against Georgia tech. So Based on what they did this season, the regular season, their first year in the Big 12, we talked about that when you were on the show uh, uh, back in August. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you think they acquitted themselves in their first year playing a much tougher schedule? Yeah, it was a much tougher schedule. Um, you know, and I'm not sure if everybody expected how tough, uh, you know, it was going to be. Uh, you know, clearly it was a season of learning. For, for the team. I will say this. I think UCF, the way they were able to bounce back from a five-game losing streak to win three of the last four was admirable. I didn't you see know, it happening. <laughs> no. No, I mean, they could have folded and not made a bowl. And they didn't. You know, they win three of four. John Rice Plumley's injury um, at the end of the Boise State game in week three was huge. You know, I, you know um, there was a tough spot for Timmy McLean to come in and start the first ever 
you know, Big 12 game and, yeah. and, and play significant time against the Big 12. Um, so I think that was significant. Um, you know, and UCF was pretty competitive in their losses, you know, save save for some of them. I thought the Baylor game clearly was pretty debilitating. And I think there was somewhat of a hangover, you know, um, they lose to Baylor. They give up that lead and what, I mean, they, they got throttled, what, at Kansas the next week? Was that yeah. how it went? Yeah, Kansas yeah, was their, their worst loss. Yeah, That was their worst loss, you know, so I think that had something to do with it. You know, they they come in, you know, thinking they're going to get that first Big 12 win and and the way it went down, you know, was 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 not good and then and then they get throttled by, by Kansas. They were competitive against Oklahoma, could have won the game. The, the you know, the other the other one um you know that I think was a letdown what was it was it the Texas Tech game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they make a mistake at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. Get no points um as as the as the clock runs out, they couldn't get a playoff, you know? So, and, and they, they had a chance to win and they didn't. So like, you look at, you look at those two games, they're kind of self-inflicted wounds cost them two wins. So instead of six and six, they could have been eight and four. Yeah. You know, they really could have been, they really could have been eight and four, you know? So, but that's their own doing, but the lessons I think that they got out of it was the lines the trenches in the big 12 are tough, (laughs) you know, you're going, you know, we saw, we saw how effective the big 12 was at running the football against UCF. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, those offensive lines in the big 12 are, are serious. And, you know, UCF ran the ball well too. You know, RJ Harvey had a great year, but it's like, okay, you know, you've, you've got to shore up the defensive line. You got to shore up the offensive line. You have to have as much depth as you can. Um, You know, so like, I think, I think there are definitely lessons to be had, but it's like, what would you rather be six and six in the big 12 and going to play Georgia tech in the Gasparilla bowl, or, you know, would you rather be, nine and three, um, you know, maybe with, with a one loss, maybe with one loss in the American conference or an American conference championship, mm-hmm. you know, going to, you know, a, a different ball. Like, you know, I'm not sure where, um, you know, I really didn't follow the American too much, uh, this year. Yeah. Since I, yeah you know, you could be able to be so playing sure. like so, Boca or, you know, yeah, anywhere you can, else like that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's like, you know, I think UCF fans will take this season, you know, it was, they, they didn't have a losing season. They finished 500. And if that's where you start, we'll take yeah. it, you yeah. know, you, you, and, and they've got the opportunity to maybe, to maybe beat Georgia tech and other power five team, yeah. you know, hopefully they do. And because seven wins is seven and six way better than six and seven. So hopefully they get this done on Friday. Yeah. yeah. And not only do you mention the offensive lines in the big 12, they had some dudes and yeah. running back in that conference they too. Did. <laughs> they did the Oklahoma State guy. Yeah, I mean that Kansas guy ran all over them. I mean they they had big running backs. Yes, yes, they did. Yeah, yeah they, they really did. So yeah, I mean I think I think it was a good eye opening experience, and I think the Knights who went through the through it the first time have a lot of reasons to be proud. Mm-hmm. I really do, you know, because the core of the team never gave up. And, and, and yeah. they got their first Big 12 home win 
by destroying Oklahoma State. I mean, it yeah, was a, I mean, it was yeah, a laugh. It was, like, <laughs> yeah. it was like, what happened? Okay, you know, so maybe Oklahoma State's got the hangover after Oklahoma. They're reading press on UCF, like, okay, we can come in and sleepwalk. Well, they couldn't, yeah. you know. So no, that was huge. That was huge. So yeah, I hope I hope Night Nation is proud of the team because because I am, you know, yeah. and it, hopefully the trajectory and I think the tra- trajectory will just go up. They need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna that's gonna be key. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my line after Oklahoma State was okay, uh, Cowboys. Here's your new bedlam right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So have something have something to build on there. And of course, the bowl game Friday night has some uh, great storylines. The George O'Leary Bowl, yeah, for both teams. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Yeah, I mean, he did so much for both for both teams, you know, and. Um, you know, I like uh, how he's staying very diplomatic. He's going to sit on UCF side in the first half and Georgia Tech side in the second half. And he can wear gold, you know. He can wear gold. Easy, you know. It's preferred color. Just don't wear red around George O'Leary. He doesn't <laughs> like that. Um, no, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's fitting. I like, I like the tie. You know, I like the tie with Brent Key. You know, mm-hmm. the, yes. the head coach of Georgia Tech, because he did a lot for the UCF program, too. Um, you know, obviously, the the tenure didn't end well in 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Brent Key, what? He helped orchestrate that Fiesta Bowl win. That was a, yeah, that yeah. was huge. Yep. Boom. You know, and that was, that was the one. That was, you know, you look at the Liberty Bowl, but the Fiesta Bowl statement was the one where, all right, UCF, is a place to be, mm-hmm. you know, and and the potential is off the charts. So yeah, yeah I, I like it. I, I like the whole the whole idea. I, you know, I haven't really checked out much of Georgia Tech. Um, you know, obviously, I they don't give up. Uh, <laughs> you know, the one game that I saw really was, uh, you know, when when they beat Miami. Yes. Uh, you know, so so that I mean that says something. And Christian Leary, the kid who caught the touchdown pass to beat Miami, you know, he's from Orlando, from Edgewater. So that'll be fun. So yeah. you'll have folks here and everything. But but yeah, no, I like it too. Six and six teams. It's like okay, you know, both of them, you know, one matchup. Yeah, I, I think it's a good matchup. I do, I do. So you know, we'll see how the Big Twelve is against the ACC. Yes, yeah. and, and of course there is history between UCF and Georgia Tech, not just with the O'Leary tie-in. Of course, George O'Leary, you know, uh, UCF played at Georgia Tech early D1 days, had Georgia Tech on the ropes twice. Oh. And, and then they just didn't have the depth to finish it off. And yeah. so, so it, and then in recent years, UCF has uh, has taken them down twice. So it's a uh, yeah. so at least you know it's not a it's not a long storied history, but at least there's a little something there to to work. Yeah, with. exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I like it, and you know, I feel like listening to UCF players throughout the week, they sound pretty confident, you know. And I think I think it helps that they beat Georgia Tech last year, um, you know. And I think I think they really feel that that they want to go out and, and win. And, you know, and I think the fact that they're going to Tampa, it's an easy road trip. Yes. You know, it's an easy trip. Uh, a lot of UCF fans are going to go, you know, tickets have been gobbled up, which is great, you know, because I was, uh, you never know, you never know, um, you know, around the holidays, what people's plans are going to be, but it's nice that UCF fans are going to the game. They're, you know, they're going to outnumber Georgia tech. And, you know, I think that'll be really motivating. 
You know, I think it's such a huge motivator in a bowl game. When you see your fans take it seriously, the team will too. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think it says something that Gus Malzahn has also kept UCF, you know, for the most part together. Not a, it's, it hasn't been like, not, not a ton of attrition, right? You know? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not a ton of guys have gone into the portal. You know, just Corey Thornton, one starter, um, and, and that's it. You know, I I haven't heard that R.J. Harvey's not going to play, but, um, you know, he hasn't announced that he's going to declare for the NFL. I know he was thinking about it, but if he plays, yeah, okay. it's game on. I think the fact he made the trip is a good sign yeah. in, that re- in that regard. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Yeah, and, so I, I think it's I think it'll be fun. I think yeah. it'll be yeah. And I'm so glad it's local. Of course, that's our second home stadium over there. Yeah. And you know, the team had to travel so much. If if I'm not mistaken, they're either first or second in most miles traveled. I think I think if you ask Gus, he'll tell you number one. Yeah, yeah. It's been like fourteen thousand miles, something crazy like that. But yeah, he'll tell you number one. Um, so yeah, yeah. Like this is, this is a nice trip. It's a nice trip. And, you know, I was kind of just looking at the history of UCF in Tampa and it's like, okay, this is their sixth consecutive year. They're playing in Tampa. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not supposed to play at Raymond. They weren't supposed to play at Raymond James stadium, but you know, it's just funny. It's like, it's either the Gasparilla bowl or USF. And it's like, all right, they've won their last five in Tampa five years in a row. They've come away with a win in Tampa. Like, uh, you know, I think that motivates them too. Yeah. You know, it's I, like, okay, let's defend our house. Yes. I definitely you know? think that is a factor for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So we have the college football playoff coming up. Nothing. There's been any controversy with that. No, or not anything. At all. <laughs> so the, the big story obviously was FSU's omission. And of course I really think the committee, which talks out of both sides of their mouth, mm-hmm. you know, they, they penalize Florida State because they don't have Travis playing. Yeah. And but, you know, they didn't have him the week they kept them in the top four. Yeah. You know, know. so yeah. they really did them dirty by putting him in the top four. If that was their rationale to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Like, why don't you just be honest or, or at least tell Mike Norvell what he has to beat Louisville by mm-hmm. to get into the top four to stay in in the top four you know it's just like uh, it was pressure from the sec it was pressure from nick saban you know like i i I don't think they treated you know and then it it just doesn't make sense either like like you said you know the playoff committee talks out of both sides of their mouth because okay if you think florida state took that big of a hit why is georgia ranked behind them Mm-hmm. You know, Georgia lost, what, by three to Alabama, their only loss in however many years. It's like, OK, yeah, we're going to drop. You've been number one all year. We're going to put you all the way back to six. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like they just didn't. The, their worst nightmare was when Alabama beat Georgia. You know, it would have been simple. I, I think I think had had Georgia beaten Alabama, it would have been Georgia. Michigan, Washington, Florida State. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, we've got our four unbeatens. You can't make an argument. But it's like, okay, well, we can't have a playoff without an SEC team. And, you know, we're going with recent history. So we're going to put Alabama in over Georgia, even though, oh, yeah, we forgot Alabama nearly lost to Auburn the week before. But then, and then, oh, yeah, well, Texas, they just throttled Oklahoma State. They've looked so good. They've looked so good. 
um, but UCF throttled Oklahoma State too. So what does that tell you about that win? Mm-hmm. And it's like, but we have to put Texas in because they beat Alabama. So it's the transit of whatever. So it's just, yeah. I, 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 I don't really think they wanted, yeah, I don't think they wanted to choose between Texas and Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think they really wanted to tick off those two schools, those two really powerful programs. So, okay, well, here it is. You know, Florida State clearly isn't the same team. And yeah, give Florida State offensively was not the same team, but defensively, that that's a championship caliber defense. Yes, <laughs> their run game was excellent, and they got and, and they did all they needed to do. And um, you know, maybe Rodemaker would have been back. Was he perfect? You know, against the Gators, no. You know, was the offense perfect? No. But give them a chance. You know, you don't know. You don't know what they're going to do on the field. And that defense travels, and they could could win games in the college football playoff with that defense. Exactly. You know, like, I mean, Louisville at at one point was ranked 10th in the country. It's like, and then they were just, and then it just didn't matter. You know, Mm -hmm. and then now it's just Louisville. Okay, so even though the defense won that game, you know, and, Florida State special teams is excellent. It's like there's three phases to every game. And just, you know, I felt like they took an easier way out. Yeah. Um, than having to choose between Texas and Alabama and Georgia. Oh, my fear was they were going to put both Alabama and Georgia in the playoff. <laughs> that was my biggest fear. <laughs> and they could have done that. Yeah. You know, they could have done that, but they didn't want to, you know, cause an uproar with Texas. Yeah. So. You know, although, and, although technically yeah. Texas is almost SEC now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, Texas, who, who knows? You know, they could go and win the whole thing. We'll see. You know, uh, I mean, they, they legitimately could. I don't They're a deserving team. You yeah, know. I, I think so, too. Like, I think there were. Yeah. I OK, we'll put it this way. I think there's six deserving teams, mm-hmm. you know, I, and honestly, I would have put Alabama at the end of that list, mm-hmm. just because I thought Georgia had an off day against Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, I really did. Like, cause you know, one of the things about working at a CBS station is I watch the SCC every single weekend because I have to, because it's on our air. So it's mm-hmm. like, we're exposed to Alabama all year long. We're exposed to Georgia all year long. Cause those are the two teams in the SEC that get on the most. And it's like, I'm watching the game. I'm like, you know, Georgia just doesn't seem on his game. Alabama's defense is excellent. Mm-hmm. It is. Jalen Milrow has gotten a lot better um, as the season went on, but there was never a time. Like I was like, wow, this Alabama team, they're, they're capable. I could be wrong. Like the whole college football playoff could prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. And Alabama could go out and win the championship. And and if so, that's my bad. You know, <laughs> everybody complaining about it. Sure. You know, they could prove everybody wrong. Their defense is really good. And and Milrow has, has come up big and they've got some good receivers. But like just watching them every time they're on CBS, it's just, there's never like that time where I'm like, yeah, this is the Alabama, like the old, like the other Alabama teams that have gone out and won the national championship. They just haven't looked like that. Yeah. Not dominant. Not no. not nearly as proficient. And no. and if you think about, you know, I always go back to this. If Auburn only didn't only rush two guys on the last play of the game, like, they're Alabama, out. I know. <laughs> Alabama won the game because of a because of defensive brain fart from Auburn. Yes. Like, yeah. It's just like that's how you know, they're what, you know, seconds away from not even being in contention, you know. So it's just like, okay, what 
I don't know. But I'm glad it's expanding. You know, there's still going to be arguments going forward about who's in, who's out, who's ranked where, even when they go to 12 teams. But it won't be like this debacle. Oh, no, they're they're going to be happy to have six teams in yeah. next year's playoffs that are of this caliber. They yes. will be thrilled oh, with yeah. that. Yeah. And it's just like, but just the playoff committee, you know, shame on them for, and I know like the committee members rotate, you know, it hasn't been the same since day one and everything, but it's like shame on them for not making this happen sooner. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like, come on, you know, I, I mean, in what in, in 2018 when UCF was denied, you know, they just didn't take UCF that seriously, you know, no. seriously enough to really, you know, I think it inspired the conversations and everything. Um, and then they had to put Cincinnati in, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years later, but it's just. Yeah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't have taken that much wearing down to make that happen. And like, and they told, and they basically told UCF, oh, go undefeated again. And we'll consider yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, okay. So then finally when Cincinnati did it, you know, they couldn't deny him anymore. Yeah. It's like, okay. But yeah, it just, I, I just wish they had tried to expand it sooner because it's like, you know, it, to me, they were putting it like it was this long process. Well, all of a sudden they decided to do it. You know, they were going to eight. Nope. We're going to do it to 12 and boom. And now it's happening next year. Mm-hmm. Like just like that, so I don't, I don't know. So yeah, it's a, uh, but at least at least the road is expanding, and that will be a much a much better place uh, going yeah. forward. Yeah, exactly. It'll be more of a tournament, which which will be fun. I mean, I you know my favorite when I was growing up watching college football, I loved bowl season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it was during a time when. We didn't have ESPN plus. We didn't have ESPN. We didn't have. Okay. So when I'm watching college football, we didn't have ESPN two. didn't have ESPN news or uh, Fox ESPN sports two, one or Fox sports one didn't have the ACC network, didn't have all these games or, or anything like that. And, you know, so it, you would, you would watch these teams kind of for the first time during bowl season, because, you know, they happened you know, throughout your holiday vacation from school, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like there's multiple bowl games on every day on the networks. And it's like, you get exposed to these programs that you didn't otherwise get exposed to. And it was like, it was such a big deal. Like I thought bowl games were such a big deal back then. Yeah. Look, I'm almost 50. So it's like, so this is dating me, you know, (laughs) This is dating me back to the 80s and the 90s, you know, the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was exciting to to watch these teams that and programs that I wouldn't watch during the regular season. And, there were uh, less bowl games. There weren't six yeah, and six teams. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there were less bowl games, um, you know, but but I, I think it's exciting now with the expansion of all these bowls, group of five teams get to take part. Like, yeah. I like that. I do yeah. like, you know, it's like, you know, it's a big deal to them. Um, like, because I'll, I'll always trumpet the Cure Bowl and the Cure Bowl gets good teams. I mean, Miami, Ohio was 11 and two and App State was eight and five, you know, so, so, so they belong there. But yeah, there's a ton of bowl games now yeah. for sure. So like, that's kind of watered it down, but it's like, but it was a big deal, you know, and now it's like, okay, if you don't make the playoff, it's the Orange Bowl is not worthy play in mm-hmm. yeah you know like and and i don't I, i'm sure it's very difficult for florida state players 
to get over the hurt that they felt and the sting and, you know, the injustice that injustice that they felt to, you know, rally and, and try and win a game. And, you know, it doesn't sound like Georgia, as many Georgia players are skipping the bowl game, um, you know, but it's just like, okay, I get, I guess that's not a big, a big deal. Or maybe it's just like, well, we, we gave everything we had. We put off our NFL careers one year to try and run this back Mm-hmm. Did everything we were supposed to do, and it didn't pay off. You know, yeah. at the end, with a chance at a national championship. Yeah, so. I will tell you this: I am the world's biggest hypocrite when it comes to bowl <laughs> games because I say there are too many, but I watched damn near every one of them. <laughs> right? Don't you like? And yeah, like, and they're exciting. I mean, they're exciting until they're not exciting. Yes, there are lopsided ones, yeah. and UCF has had a share of lopsided losses. Yeah. Um, and and I'm not anticipating this Friday night. I'm not, but it's like, yeah, there are some lopsided games, but then there's some really good ones. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there, there really are. It's just like, okay, you know, and, and you get to watch these teams that you don't normally tune into ESPN three, four, like the group of fives and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's fun. You know, when, when players take them seriously and it's a lot on the players and college football has changed, you know, yes. it's definitely changed a lot in the last couple of years and, and, and that's fine. But, but yeah, no, oh, yeah. I, Next yeah. Tuesday and Wednesday afternoon, being home from work, I'm watching three games, you know? It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just like, okay, more football. All right, who is this? Like, you know, like I was, what, the I think um, Western Kentucky was on the other night. I'm like, oh, that's Tom Sorrell's alma mater. Maybe I'll tune in. Oh, Marshall's on. Okay, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. They made plays, too. Yes. So, well, yeah. it's it's interesting because, you know, when you were talking about, you know, growing up watching bowl games and now we talk about the plethora of games and the coverage i have to have three tvs now (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) yeah it's like okay what's happening on this one okay yeah it's the best game yeah it's it's fun i mean it's it's a lot of fun and you know yeah and and i mean part of it takes me back to my childhood during a holiday vacation, which I really don't get anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, you know, cause I'm working the bowl games and everything. Um, you know, so like, especially here in Orlando, we've got so many that if, you know, the Seminoles, the Knights, the Gators, not this year, but you know, they're always playing in something. And then we've got three games here in Orlando. So, um, but yeah, no, I just, I always really liked the holiday vacation cause I could catch up cause I could watch home from school not doing anything, waiting for Christmas or basking in the Christmas afterglow and then watching college football. It was fun. Yes. Well, I, I love having you on. And it's, <laughs> it is, it is always great. I will also want to turn the floor over to you to uh, make shameless plugs for all the work that you and your, your teammate Ryan Welcher are, are up to. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're um, trying to finish up 2023 strong. We'll be at the Gasparilla Bowl you know, I'll, I'll be there um, with a third member of our team, Nathaniel Rivas. He's awesome. And we'll have uh, Gasparilla Bowl coverage and, you know, have the bowl games in Orlando covered and just try and finish up strong. But you can check us out at 6 and 11 Monday through Sunday. And also after the whistle, it's our Saturday night sports show. It's every Saturday night at 1135 p.m. It's very football heavy, obviously, during football season. It's basically a football show. And then when the NFL season is over, we kind of, you know, uh, show off the different 
things that are going on in Central Florida, you know, throughout the year from the Daytona 500 to Arnold Palmer and the Orlando Magic who are doing really well. So, yeah. 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 Give me a quick take on that because, like, I'm always cautiously optimistic because, you know, it's still December and the NBA is a very long season. I'm kind of like a show me what you are in February kind of guy. No, totally. But if like if you if you look back at the magic, you know, from February on last year, they were one of, you know, they they finished with a ton of momentum. And that's just carried over to this year. You know, a year ago, they started their first 25 games were awful. They were five and 20 Mm -hmm. and they completely flipped it around. Just winning streak together on their home floor. Um, So they've done it without two starters. So they got rookie Anthony Black starting at point guard. Mm you know, and and he's not scoring wise. He needs to catch up, but he hustles. He plays defense, and and he can pass the ball. But Cole Anthony coming off the bench has been a huge spark for the Magic. Um, and he's the third leading scorer. That's a good sign. Like their bench has been really good. Um, and then their their stars are Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner. Mm-hmm. You know, who are their two leading scorers, but. You know, the uh, the other X factor is Jalen Suggs and his defense because he's an energy guy, mm-hmm. you know, and he always brings that energy and he's, he's a great defender. So it's like and Jonathan Isaac is slowly, you know, working back to playing full time. You know, they they do a little injury management with him. Um, he He rolled his ankle and stuff like that. But no, like this magic team is good. They're going to make the playoffs. Um, like I set them, at, I think at forty wins this year, but I think they'll, I think they'll finish with a winning record. And one of the things is, uh, there's such a young team that, and they're confident, and each player is great and has been great in their own right. But ego has ego is not a factor within this team. Like there's nobody that's like you know, this is my team, you know, it's more like a player led, this is our team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Ben Carroll and Franz Wagner are the guys that will take the shots at the end for sure. And, you know, everybody kind of accepts any kind of role that they're given. Um, they've committed to defense too, which is interesting for a young team, but they've committed to defense. So I think really the key piece Besides Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner, the key piece is the head coach, Jamal Mosley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what he's done with the culture with this young team, he's g- getting the best out of them right now. But with in a team that's still loaded with potential, like there's not, we don't know what their ceiling is. They're not at their ceiling, but like Jamal has done a great job, um, you know, and the guys are having fun. You know, and they they haven't it, we'll see what happens, you know, when they hit January, when they hit February and stuff. And you could you might have a tough trip coming up and, you know, they lose some games in a row. And that and that hasn't happened. They haven't been on a skid. But um, no, this there's something there. Okay. Will they compete for an NBA championship this year? Probably not. They're probably not there, but they'll make the playoffs. Well, it is, and as you mentioned, without two key players, it's like getting reinforcements without having to make a trade, right? <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. And they've got a lot of depth. You know, like this is they've got quality depth this year too. Like, like I said, like the bench has been really good. Um, so, yeah, like Wendell Carter was out, and Goga Batazzi came in and, and and was starting, and he he played great. 
he really did defensively and and he would have double digit scoring games so it's just like okay you know we'll see what happens but yeah no be positive like really like they're they're good okay all right you sold me so there you go (laughs) all right well jamie is always very much appreciated wish you very happy holidays to you and yours and uh thanks again jeff thank you so much for having me have a merry christmas happy holidays all that good stuff Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer Cell is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.